Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 228, Competition Turkey Calling with Steve Stoltz. And I am your host and the guy who is about to become a liar. So... I have this kind of an unspoken rule that I live by that I don't think I've ever really shared with you guys. But if you happen to run into me during turkey season when I'm hunting or right after I'm hunting, but really any time during turkey hunting season, I just am going to tell you that I will lie to you. Ask me if I've heard a turkey. Ask me if I have seen a turkey. And watch me lie. Unless I really didn't hear anything that day. And then I would be telling you the truth when I tell you that I didn't hear any turkeys gobble that day. Nor did I see any turkeys. Nor have I seen any turkey sign. I am convinced that all of the turkeys in the area that you and I are currently hunting in have been eaten by predators abducted by aliens and gone the way of the many ships that have unsuccessfully sailed through the Bermuda Triangle. Heads up, fair warning. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys listening to the show on the show, but if you run into me in the woods, just know I'm lying to you. And that lying starts in two days, 15 hours, 56 minutes, and 40 seconds from now when Alabama's spring turkey season starts. Two days, actually less than that, and I'll tell you why towards the end of the show. Speaking of the show, I have a great show for you guys today. I have Steve Stoltz on the show with us to talk about competition turkey calling, but I'm going to tell you a little secret. Don't let the title of today's show fool you, because Steve gives us some great calling tips that we can use when we are hunting turkeys. We're going to jump into some turkey soup very quickly before we get to Steve's interview. So first up, it turns out that Alabama is actually ahead of the state of New Hampshire in something. Well, something other than college football and beautiful beaches, warmer weather. What I'm talking about here is 
New Hampshire legislators recently shot down a bill that would have legalized electronic game check of wild turkeys. By doing so, they're still requiring successful New Hampshire hunters to physically drive to a check station to register their harvest. Wow. Jordan Estrada, the author of this article that I read, goes on to give several theories and reasons as to why the bill was denied. The funny thing to me is he missed the real reason completely. The real reason is this. If the state makes the registering of harvested animals as difficult as possible for the honest, law-abiding citizen slash hunter, then the number of animals harvested will be greatly reduced. Anyone harvesting an animal and not reporting it is a criminal. Mr. Estrada, your legislators can't openly oppose hunting and get elected, but they can make hunting and harvesting meat for your family so difficult that you will not do it. At that point, it becomes your decision not to hunt or harvest, not their legislation that prevented you from doing it. I have to ask the question, would the New Hampshire legislators feel the same way if voters slash citizens had to go through as much trouble to place their vote at their polling place? If they had to drive 30 minutes to an hour to vote, would New Hampshire legislators feel the same way? I try hard not to get political on the show, and I have said that a couple of times before, but sometimes we just have to call a spade a bloody shovel because that's what it is, and that's what the legislation is. Your elected officials in New Hampshire are making it more difficult for you to hunt in hopes that you will not hunt. You will not harvest animals. I'm moving on. Arkansas turkey hunters can participate in the annual spring gobbler hunting survey. The survey gathers information on hunter activity, gobbling activity, turkey observations, and hunting success throughout the turkey season. Any of you guys hunting in Arkansas who want to participate in the survey, and I highly encourage you to do that, you need to email Jeremy Wood. And his email address is jeremy, that's J-E-R-E-M-Y dot W-O-O-D at A-G-F-C dot A-R dot G-O-V. Email him, let him know that you'd like to participate in the survey, and I'm sure he'll get back to you. Hey, Alabama hunters, you can do the same thing. If you hunt more than 10 days in Alabama season, And it does not have to be 10 consecutive days. But if you hunt more than 10 days in Alabama's turkey season, then you can participate in the AVID Turkey Hunter Survey. What you need to do is email Steve Barnett. And his email address is steve, that's S-T-E-V-E, dot Barnett, that's B-A-R-N-E-T-T, at D-C-N-R dot alabama.gov. And I know that Steve Barnett will get back to you because I'm participating in the AVID Turkey Hunter survey again this year. This will be my third year to participate. Hey, you guys in Georgia, find a ute to take turkey hunting this weekend. 
Saturday and Sunday is Ute Turkey Hunting Weekend. Get a Ute out in the woods. Hey, that's all the turkey soup that I've got for you guys. So now I want to get into the interview with Steve Stoltz. In case you don't know Steve, he was on the MAD Pro Staff for many years. And he's been involved in competition turkey calling for as long as I can remember. Steve has won every major turkey calling competition over the years, except for the Grand National Calling Championship in Nashville. Steve knows his way around the competitive calling circuit very well. And he also knows his way around the turkey woods very well. And here's Steve to tell us more about competition turkey calling and woods turkey calling, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me today Steve Stoltz with Woodhaven Custom Calls, and Steve is, well, he's been around the block a time or two, and I'm sure he's going to be mad at me for saying that because it insinuates he's old, but what I'm talking about is Steve has been around the calling circuit for a while and been involved in the hunting industry for quite a long time. And he holds a distinct title of being a champion of champions for the Grand National Calling Championship. And so, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. How are you and where are you? Well, Andy, I'm, I'm here in southern Iowa right now in my home, and it's bitter cold here right now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but that's the bad news. The good news is I'll be heading for southern Mississippi in one week to open Mississippi's turkey season at a good friend of mine's in southeast Mississippi. And I would suspect it's going to be a lot warmer and a lot nicer. Springtime will have hit down there, which usually does by then. Yeah. Um, so so I'm looking forward to that. Get out, get out of this winter weather for a little while. <laughs> yeah, no joke. It seems to last quite a while in Iowa, for sure. Absolutely. So Absolutely. other... Other than Mississippi, where else are you headed this season? So I always usually open the season in either Mississippi or Alabama. I've opened the season in Alabama as well, different years. But mostly, usually Mississippi. I've got some good friends that live down there, and they have me. Any any year I want to come, you know, I'm welcome to go. You know how, you know, you live in the deep south, and most people listening to this probably are in the south. But regardless, you can't beat southern hospitality. And and I always call them my extended Mississippi family. There you go. Because, <laughs> because by gosh, and and that's what is so great about America is the the rule, the country, the the people. And I and I have to say, Deep South is probably the all time best people there there are for making you feel like you're that you're at home when you go there. So it's 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 I'm I'm very blessed and to be in the industry as long as I have. By the way, I've been a full-time firefighter my whole career. A lot of people think that I do hunting and turkey calling and, and yeah. uh, deer hunting and all that in television shows for a living, and I do not. I, I'm, I'm still a full-time firefighter. We'll be retiring eventually, probably four or five years from now, mm-hmm. and that's why I went ahead and moved to Iowa. I still work as a full-time firefighter in St. Louis, but I make my home in Iowa now. And so, uh, but, you know, just gearing up for that retirement time where I'll be, you know, there 100% of the time. But anyway, I've, I've kind of danced around the fire department schedule to do the outdoor industry stuff and been very blessed and very successful with it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, you've done a lot of things, been in the industry long enough, and I'm, 
I know a lot of people look at you, look at your name and think, yeah, that'd be the life. That's pretty good to be able to, to get and do the things that he's done and go here and there and hunt and everything else. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always said that I've both my careers I'm in love with. I'm in love with the fire service and being able to serve the public and help people in their time in need. When people dial 911, it's their emergency regardless of what mm-hmm. that emergency is. And to be able to be there to help make a difference is very rewarding and make a living at that. Yeah. And then also make some kind of income, little income in the outdoor industry through the years. Uh, I've had better years than others, but bottom line is I've been able to do that. And I love, of course, turkey calling and deer hunting and, and turkey hunting and and elk hunting or whatever it is that I've been able to do on television. Wow. How blessed am I to make my entire living doing what I love to do? And that's very, very few people can actually say that. Yeah, that's very true. So tell us about yourself, a little bit more about yourself and how you got into turkey hunting and calling competitions as well. Oh, wow. Well, we don't have enough time to cover all that, but no, really, (laughs) seriously, to to make a, a very long story short, my dad, was the one that that got my both my brother and I we come from a long family history of of hunters I'm by the way from and still work in St. Louis Missouri I work in South St. Louis County actually a fire district called Melville Fire Protection District and that's where my dad worked he was a he was a captain at Melville and retired in the early 90s but my dad was the 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 one that that taught my brother and I how to hunt the basics of how to hunt got us interested in it and then in 1979, and so now you do know I am old, <laughs> I was in my upper teens just out of high school. Well, actually, that's the year I graduated. It was 79 from high school. My dad took me, took me to a turkey calling contest, but at that contest was a guy by the name of Leroy Brungart who was given a seminar, and I was a big fan of Leroy. And my dad said, Steve, we're going to go to uh, you know see Leroy. Friday night. They're also having a calling contest after Leroy speaks. Would you like to go? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) Count me in. And it was at a local high school here in St. Louis or down in St. Louis. And so we went and and before we left, my dad said, would you bring your your turkey calls with you, your mouth calls? And I said, absolutely. Now, bear in mind, when I was 11 years old, he called my first turkey in for me. And even before that, I had learned to call on a mouth diaphragm call. So I was an accomplished you know, I had already killed turkeys and I'd already called in turkeys myself and hunted them myself. And after my dad called my first one in, he made me hunt on my own to kill my second bird. And from then on, I actually hardly ever hunted with my dad. I hunted on my own. So by the time I was out of high school, I was I was hunting and killing turkeys on my own. And he asked me to bring those turkey calls with me. And I said, how come? He said, well, I got it. There's two, three guys that are there. And he goes, I just... I've heard a lot of people call, and I just think you're one of the better callers that, I, that I've, maybe the best caller I've ever heard. And I, I was surprised at that because he had never told me that before. Yeah, I'm like, really? I, I, he, he goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, you're you, your sound. I mean, you sound like a real turkey. And I and, I, and he goes, I, well, I got a couple guys that are going to be there. And he named them. I can't remember who all they were. And he said, uh, they want to hear you call. Okay, Dad, I'll bring them. So I brought them, and we listened to that seminar Leroy gave. And after the seminar, they said, okay, we're going to take a short 10-minute break, and then we're going to start this turkey contest. And was at that break, my dad walked up to me and said, did you bring your calls? And I said, yep. I got them out, showed them to him, and he goes, good, because I signed you up for the contest. <laughs> So, 
So now I was thrust into competition calling, was not even planning to do it. And I said, Dad, I can't do that. He said, well, why not? He goes, I paid $5 for you to call on that thing. You're going to call. And, of course, Ben, $5, back then, $5 is like $30, $40 now. Yeah. I, I said, well, Dad, I said, the reason why I can't do it is they're asking, one of the calls they're asking for is a key key run. And I said, I don't even know how to do the key key run. Up to that point, we'd never had a fall turkey season in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And so I had no reason to ever learn to do the key key run. He said, well, just pick somebody out over there that's calling in it. Of course, they're all the call, top callers were there and ask them to teach you. Uh, I couldn't add, couldn't say no to Dad then. So <laughs> that's that's how I started turkey calling, and competing and calling championships and you know that first contest i it was 32 callers 32 that thing lasted till 10 o'clock at night and i took fifth place out of 32 callers and that was a very and i called against the top call i mean all your top callers there walter parrott at that time ray i ralph dern kenny mounts wayne gendron gary williams randy gower brad harris all your top callers back then in the in the midwest were there mm-hmm. and i played and i placed fifth and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that, that 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 just gave me the confidence that, by gosh, my dad was right. I, I, I do pretty much sound like a turkey. Yeah. And so it gave me the confidence to, to, to start competing and brought brought me into the uh, competitive world of turkey calling. That's very cool. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But I've got a question for you. So in the past, when I've had guests on the show, especially for their first time on the show, I have subjected them to a little bit of a competition. And knowing that you're a competitive kind of guy who's been in calling competitions, and I know the the firefighters that I know, they're all pretty competitive guys as well. So it's who you are. So what I've got here is 30 questions that I want to run through with you let you answer them as quickly as possible. I'm going to put a timer on the clock. And these are not questions about, well, you know, what is the purpose of the third toe of a wild turkey or the fourth toe of a wild turkey, you know? So these are just about your preferences and things like that. They're not to trip me up then. (laughs) No, no, these are not trying to trip you up at all. And I'd like to put a timer on you and just we'll run through these questions as quick as we can. And then we'll see if you can make the best time, which I think right now is Tony Reynolds. Oh, my gosh. I got to beat Tony. Yeah. Yeah. God love him. I love Tony Reynolds. Makes a phenomenal phenomenal friction call. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're game, I'm pulling up the timer right here and... I'm going to start the questions as soon as I start the timer. Okay. And we will get going with this thing. Okay. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Wild turkey on the rocks, neat with cola or with water? Diet Sprite. Number of grand slams? Can't count them. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Yes. Have you ever killed a jake? Yeah. A 10-minute successful hunt on a 2-year-old or a 4-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a 4-year-old? Both. <laughs> Favorite camo pattern? Mossy oak. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? For dressing. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Black. The state you killed your first turkey in? Missouri. The state you killed your last turkey in? Iowa. Sit in a blind for 4 hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for 1 hour and not shoot? Running gun. Rios or Osceolas? Rios. Rios or Easterns? Easterns. Easterns or Merriams? Easterns. Field turkeys or woods turkeys? 
Woods turkeys. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Red dot. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? Snake boots. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Iowa. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Myself? I don't know. 28. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Half a dozen. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Alabama. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? The fucking purr. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? (laughs) (laughs) A 10. (laughs) Favorite turkey hunting book? 10th Legion, Tom Kelly. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? My dad and Eddie Moyers. Think of the toughest turkey you ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? Yes. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Spurs. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? No patience. How long does turkey season last in heaven and what is the bag limit? I'm fixing to find out. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Well, eventually I will. (laughs) Well, eventually and fixing to, I think, are two different things, or at least I hope they are. (laughs) I should say I'm aiming to. Uh, Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So... I've got three minutes and 7.68 seconds, and that is, well, I'm not real sure how it ranks here. I'd have to do some math, and I'm not real good at that. But Tony's best time was two minutes and 45.11 seconds. So, oh, you mean I lost 20? 22 seconds slower, something like that. I was 22 seconds slower. You might have been 22 seconds slower asking. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't hesitate on any of them. (laughs) Stay in your lane, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you know, there there is a very good chance that I was 22 seconds slower (laughs) in asking you these questions because you made me laugh more than Tony made me laugh going through his. Well, I'll take that then. <laughs> you win. You win the most humorous rapid fire Q and A. How about that? I'd rather be I'd rather be runner up and have fun than win and 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 not enjoy it. There you go. Well, good deal. Let's jump in this and and talk a little bit about some of the competitive turkey calling. So I think this is my opinion, and you may say yes, the numbers support what you're saying. But I think that participation and interest in competitive turkey calling seems to be waning a little bit in comparison to what it was 20 or 25 years ago when I first got into turkey hunting. Do you think that's the case? And if so, why do you think that that is? And it kind of seems to me like the NWTF's new format, at least in Nashville, is helping to increase the interest level, at least from people watching and attending the calling contest. So what are your thoughts on all of that? Well, first, I think that I agree that it, it has it has waned. I think it's, it's, it's starting to gain some momentum again. So with everything, including turkey populations and everything else, everything hits its peaks and valleys and things come back around. I think the reason why turkey calling was so popular back when I first got in it in the years and even prior to when I got in it, you know, so you're talking, you know, back in the in the 70s and the 80s and 90s, even what I call the heyday of turkey calling, where you had a calling contest just about every weekend in, in, in so many different states that had turkey hunting. You'd have a calling contest almost every weekend. 
The biggest reason I think that it waned or dropped off in participation and interest is is twofold. First, the amount of information that that was at the, that became at the fingertips due to technology, due to the internet, due to cell phones, due to digital media, social media. And I think secondly was the financial, the 2008 market crash, for instance. I saw a big drop in purses given away, in pri- purse, purses, prize money, total mm-hmm. prize money given away at calling championships took a big hit because when you talk about these stores that were having big calling championships and companies that were donating money to big calling championships, the first line item out of their budget, or fluff, as we call it, was those type of items that they right. were. That, so, so all of a sudden, you had entities such as Turkey Federation chapters, sporting goods stores, outdoor product companies, game call companies, camouflage companies, whatever it may be. And they were, I mean, after that market crash, they were told, cut this out of your budget. Make make your budget, you know, you you, got, you have to operate on 30% of what you used to operate on. Well, mm-hmm. the first thing that got cut was that turkey calling prize money, along with other things. So that when you start making it to where now it's costing people to drive or fly, and there's no return for that. In other words, they don't have a chance to make two, three thousand dollars if they win. It, it doesn't make any sense to spend five hundred or a thousand dollars traveling to a calling contest. So, yeah. so I think economy and and the information available that wasn't available back when when I first started and back when turkey calling was was a lot more popular as far as competition. And picture this: to listen to Walter Parrott or to Paul Butsky or to Ben Rogers Lee when he was still alive, or to Mark Dury when he used to compete. You had to travel to go listen to those guys right? and listen to them live, where now you can, you can pull up on YouTube and listen to Steve Stoltz or Scott Ellis or Matt Van Sice or Jesse Martin or any of these top callers just by simply going on your phone and searching them. Mm-hmm. Same way with live turkey call, live turkeys. It's, everything's posted you need of course you have outdoor television in in media that way digital media shows television shows and as well as you know your outdoor channel sportsman channel pursuit where at your fingertips you can go and dvr and or watch uh, hunting programs that have all that information in, on it you don't have to attend live to watch it right yeah that's pretty interesting so, I, I think that's probably been the biggest reason for the drop-off in participation in competitive turkey calling. However, you just mentioned the there is a, there's been a drive here lately, and I think a rise in interest in competition calling. And I think the Grand Nationals kind of changing their format to more of a Super Bowl of turkey calling type format where at that convention, I mean, it's the highlight of the convention, no question. I don't think the scenario format or how they're doing the callers or judges in particular is really creating more interest rather than the hype and promoting that calling championship is gaining more interest. We're, we're at one time, Andy, a turkey caller could just almost make an outdoor career out of doing well in a calling championship. That's kind of changed. The, I think television and video and, and now digital television and video has changed that to where, let, let's face it, more industry stars are coming from television in, in that format than, than turkey calling. 
Right. If that. So there's a little bit different career path now. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's interesting, you know, and and that's something I haven't thought about, you know, is that so many people that were competing in calling contest years ago, 20, 25, 30 years ago, were, or I should say, ended up being people that made their way into the industry, whether that was, uh, you know, being a pro staffer for one of the camo companies or call companies or whatever it was. And now, you know, you can have a show on YouTube and garner enough interest from that to where you are a, I'm not going to say a star in the industry, but you've at least got a name in the industry. Whereas the calling contest was a good way to springboard that for, for people. So that's pretty interesting. Absolutely. I didn't think about that. Absolutely. Most of your top people in the industry today started out competitive turkey calling. A lot of people don't realize that my good friend Mark Drury himself started out competition turkey calling. That's how he started in the industry. Michael Waddell. Yeah. Why do you, Michael and I go back a long ways. I, I knew Michael before anybody knew Michael, hardly, besides maybe Bill Jordan. And, you know, Michael started out competitive turkey calling and filming for Bill. You know, so that's how Michael got his start. I mean, is but but today's, the dynamics of today's industry is so far different that if you go and win the Grand National Championship or you win a World Turkey Calling Championship, it's just not going to springboard you the way it it did at one time. Yeah. Not saying it doesn't hurt. It does not hurt to build up that credibility at all. And uh, and I and I think to not make light of the fact, you have to have a more well-rounded resume of of skill set to to make it in the industry today. And one of the things is is social media and digital media. It's to, to companies now. It's about numbers of impressions that you do in the market. Right. How many times? How many times are people seeing Steve Stoltz's name? How many times in Instagram, in Facebook, in YouTube media shows are you making an impression in the industry? And the more impressions in the industry you're making, the more worth you are to a company. Very true. Whole different dynamic than it was 30 years ago. Yeah, you're right. So for someone who is listening to this show that may have some interest in calling competitively, how does someone go about getting started down that road today? Well, start by two things. Number one, attending calling contests live. There's nothing better than being there live to listen. Number two, study the wild turkey, the real wild turkey itself, the vocabulary of the wild turkey. And you can do that by digital media. You can YouTube anything. You can go to YouTube and type in plain hen yelp and there'll be a live plain hen yelp or there could be Matt Van Sice or Scott Ellis doing a live, doing a, a plain hen yell. You can listen to a turkey call, top turkey call, or you can listen to a live turkey. You need to do both. You need to, to listen what the top turkey callers are doing, and you need to listen to what live turkeys are doing. You need to, to pay attention to all the subtle things that live turkeys do. And then with that, then you need to also study turkey calling contests by YouTube. I go to the National Wild Turkey Federation Facebook page. Just type in, go to Facebook and type in National Wild Turkey Federation Facebook page. They've got all the past Grand National, or the last several years, the Grand National Preliminary Round, the Grand National Finals, Grand National Friction. They've got those contests posted on their video library log. And watch those calling championships and watch what is scoring. Watch what is how these callers are, are pre- presenting their program and presentation. And again, never go away from listening to live turkeys and how live turkeys do it. Mm-hmm. So start 
basically start developing your skill sets to, to become good enough to compete. And, and again, the only way to do that is to study it through digital media and then attend the contest live until you feel confident that you can go up there and deliver a program and presentation that's good enough to score. Yeah. How does someone find where the competitions are? Is there any kind of a website that lists upcoming competitions or anything like that that you're aware of? All right. That is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to become a subscriber to the premium content, all you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word. Do not put a space between the word Turkey and Hunter. Make it one word, no space. Text that to the number 44. After you do that, you just have to follow a few steps, easy to follow steps, and I will email you a link that you can click on where you can create your username and password. You are going to create that. We don't create that for you. You are going to create your username and password, and you'll pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee to become a premium subscriber for the Turkey Hunter podcast. That $18 subscription fee is going to get you not only the premium content for this week's episode, but it will get you the premium content for all of the past episodes and the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. It's a good deal. There is a ton of content locked up on the premium subscription, and I do not think you'll be disappointed with the access to the extra knowledge that you can get with your $18 investment. So thank you. I hope that you guys enjoyed that interview. Hey, Steve, thank you a ton for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate your sharing of your time and knowledge with us, and I know that many of the listeners to the show feel the same way that I do. Man, I've got to tell you that I am stoked about putting the knowledge that I've gained not only from Steve today, but all the guests who have come on the show in the past. I'm going to be in the woods in Mississippi with a shotgun on my shoulder in about 36 hours from right now. And my trigger finger is itching something terrible. All of you guys up north who still have 30 to 45 days before your season starts, do not fret. The day will be here soon when... I'm talking to you with my bottom lip poked out because my season at home is over. And that very same day, you're going to have a smile on your face from ear to ear like I do right now because your season is beginning. So hang in there. Be sure to tune into this show. And I'm going to get you through the final countdown to the start of your turkey season with some audio from some of my hunts this spring. Those will be coming up very soon. So before I cut you loose for the week, I need your help with something. If today's show put a little knowledge in your head or maybe a smile on your face, then share the show with some hunting buddies by using the share button feature on your podcast player application. Pretty much every podcast player application today has the ability to share a podcast from within the application. And you can select to share this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast via text message with 
two or three of your hunting buddies. And that is a huge help for me. And I would be very appreciative. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.